As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Good okay. night, everybody. You're welcome. Bye. And so that's it, uh, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, listening to us every single week. And if you have another question or an idea, contact me on Facebook. You know how to get there. And we'll see what we can do. Brandon, thank you for another fun, fun show. And uh, thank you, Rich, for being here, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, Dr. Bombay, the Blue Machine Band is dancing us out of the station. Ciao. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. CNBC. The Trump administration today formally launching its effort to renegotiate NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, with Canada and Mexico, hoping to win what the White House calls better terms for U.S. workers and manufacturers. Meantime, General Motors today announcing it'll stop selling cars in India and sell all of its operations in South Africa, saving millions a year and focusing on its core markets. On Wall Street, stocks got a lift from another decline in jobless claims last week. They fell to the lowest level since 1988. And on a boost in shares of Walmart after sales at its stores and online were much higher than expected last quarter. The Dow today up 56 points, the Nasdaq up 43. And another automaker in the news, Fiat Chrysler. It's in discussions with the Justice Department and the EPA over claims that, like Volkswagen, it too cheated on diesel emissions tests on Jeep Cherokees and its Dodge Ram pickup trucks. Tom Busby, CNBC. There are two things every parent wants when their child goes to college. For their child to do well and a way to afford it. Now, with Discover Student Loans, parents can have the best of both worlds. Not only do our loans cover up to 100% of school-certified costs with zero fees, but we'll give them a cash reward for each new student loan if they earn at least a 3.0 GPA or equivalent. That means every A in history or B in math could help them earn a cash reward for good grades. Just one of the many ways we treat you like you'd treat you. Apply now in 15 minutes or less at discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. The next generation of power is at the Home Depot, and it's found in RYOBI One Plus tools. Right now, during RYOBI days, buy a RYOBI One Plus lithium-ion compact drill driver kit and get another select RYOBI One Plus tool free, a $79 value. The same battery runs both tools, plus over 70 other One Plus tools. So drill it, drive it, cut it, and save. During RYOBI days, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid 518 through 622. NBC News Radio, I'm Bill Zimfer. President Trump was barraged by questions today at a meeting with the President of Colombia. Question number one, what does he think of the appointment of a special counsel to look into Russian meddling in the election? Well, I respect the move, but the entire thing has been a witch hunt, and uh, there is no collusion between certainly myself and my campaign. 
but I can always speak for myself and the Russians, zero. Trump argued that there is more important business that the nation needs to focus on. Meanwhile, Senator Lindsey Graham says the Russia probe that began as a counterintelligence investigation seems to be evolving into a criminal one. The South Carolina Republican made the statement today after senators got a closed briefing from Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Graham praised the selection of former FBI Director Robert Mueller, a special counsel in the investigation, but said, don't expect to hear much. So one of the big losers in this decision is the public. We had a really good hearing with Yates and Clapper where the public could hear what happened with Ms. Yates and Mr. Clapper. I think that opportunity has been lost, maybe for the greater good. President Trump departs tomorrow on his first overseas trip as president. The first stop will be in Saudi Arabia, where Trump will talk with Arab leaders about boosting the fight against ISIS. Trump will then head to Israel for meetings with Israeli and Palestinian leaders. Rome is the third stop on the nine-day presidential trip, where Trump will meet with Pope Francis. The stock market rebounded after suffering the worst day of trading since 2016. Investors were shaken yesterday by all the turmoil in Washington, D.C., but markets bounced back today. Dow Jones Industrial Average ended the day 56 points higher at 20,663. The S&P 500 gained 9 points to 2,366. And the Nasdaq rose 44 points, finishing at 60.55. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. For several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-Day Cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. That number again, 800-982-3197. KCAA is your CNBC News affiliate. We're the station that gets down to business. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the greatest real estate investment show ever. Here's the flip-flop investor himself, Todd Bayer. Hey everyone, how we doing out there in Radio Land? This is the Flip Flop Investor Show, and I am your host Todd Bayer, uh, the Flip Flop Investor, as they call me. Apparently, um, anyway, we get together every week and we talk about real estate investing here in the Inland Empire and abroad. Uh, we're actually going to talk about some out of state stuff today because we in the studio have a property manager who has managed property in more than just one state. Yep. Uh, so. Um, for those of you that don't know, we talk about real estate investing here, and uh, we usually bring on a local expert, or we bring on somebody new to the real estate investing world and talk about real estate investing. So today, uh, we have Matthew Tandy from Formatic Property Management, right? That's correct. All right. I got it right. Thank you. I forgot my notes, <laughs> 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 which I usually do. I always forget my notes. But uh, So Matt, you've been, you've been a property manager for like 10 years or something like that, right? Yeah, coming up on 10 years here. So uh managed a little bit on my own and then started my, or uh, rather came in second person and helped start uh, my first management company back in 09. Okay, cool. And you started that in, was that here in California? No, that was Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, Utah. Beautiful. And a guy in a tiny little room. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that on the drive over here, being like the solo operator of a business, you know, and <laughs> something like property management. For those of you that out, out there that have ever rented a property, know that property managers are usually like inundated with stuff. There's always things to do as a property manager. And so uh, running stuff in Salt Lake City, I'm sure, is not much different as running things here in, you know, the Inland Empire? You know, there are some differences. I'd say the big difference is technology has improved a lot of things since sure. back then. It's moved pretty rapidly in the field. Mm -hmm. I know I was using a, a program called Buildium, 
mm-hmm. uh, for my rentals uh, for a little while there. Uh, we don't. I don't currently have any rentals right now, so we're not using it anymore. It's terrible. We should fix that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day it'll happen. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity to get back into the rental market here locally anyway. I know there's some good stuff out of state, uh, but haven't really made that jump yet. Haven't really had the need to jump into out-of-state <laughs> stuff because we're busy enough as it is here in the uh, Illinois Empire flipping property. Uh, but rentals are a very different kind of animal, and uh, I know... For you, I mean, it doesn't just start with a property that's for rent. I mean, you have to have like cult, like you have to cultivate these deals from other people that own property, and um, you know, walk us through the process that you'll go through on finding people with property. I mean, that's you know, not always an easy thing to do. I know that for a fact. Yeah, so it definitely it depends on how long you've been in the area and what your marketing reaches. The, the biggest pro- challenge in finding new clients property management when you're starting out uh, is just the money. Uh, people think, oh, well, I'm just going to manage a property. How hard could it be? I know a guy who has a property, and uh, he needs me to help out. I'm just going to add up three more to that. But the it's very competitive. Uh, the marketing costs are very high. Mm-hmm. And so most management companies, quote-unquote, are really just sales guys doing it on the side. You know, the way you find them is standard internet marketing is really successful right now. Most landlords are using uh, the mobiles, yeah. so that's a big part. But ultimately, the goal is to cultivate in any market uh, referral system, just like in uh, in flips. Of course. It's all about knowing the right people. And then, you know, in your initial client base might look like 90% uh, what I call accidental landlords, the people who don't really want to be a landlord, <laughs> they just can't sell their home. Okay, uh, but your yeah. goal is to flip it over time to uh, maybe thirty percent of uh, one-off landlords. Okay, that takes time. So, the uh, one thing you mentioned was uh, the, and it just blanked. It just it just gone. That's just what happened. You know, maybe that's that's what happens when you don't sleep a lot. No, I'm just kidding. I've been sleeping great lately, actually, because uh, I got a new bed. Oh, but okay. anyway, <laughs> um, is this like a paid marketing? Spot? I know it's, it's like a pay. I, maybe I should. I should hit those guys up over there at Sleep Train. No, <laughs> no. The um, you were uh, you were talking about uh, before, and man, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. But we were talking about getting people into property. And you were talking about marketing to people, uh, and I'm just trying to recap in my mind because I don't have a play-by-play, and you know. Uh, okay, so you get people into the property, and uh, oh, marketing—that's right. I was going to ask yeah. you if you do sales. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you do not. Most landlords, people that actually manage property, property managers, are also salespeople on the side, where they're typically marketing to people that want to sell a property. Um, do you guys handle sales at all, or are you just property management? We handle sales, but a very limited and strict role. So a lot of, you know, if you know any real estate agents, you know that many of them try to be jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. They want to do commercial. They want to do residential. Sure. They want to do duplexes and 500-unit apartment complexes. And not just residential, but they want to do million-dollar listings, and That's they want right. to do the $100,000 listings. So what's the difference between a home in uh, in the crime ridden area of San Bernardino and uh, the hills of uh, L.A.? Nothing, right? It's yeah, all the course. same. Of course. It's all just real estate. <laughs> so the problem is, is that on sales... You can actually kind of play that a little bit. You're never going to be great since you're not focusing, but you know it's all sales and they're using the right forms. So property management is a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. In my experience, most sales guys make terrible property managers because it's so detail-oriented, so strict on the laws and the legal, require- legal requirements. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the most of the property managers are really sales companies that are doing management on the side because – not because they like doing it or they're putting time and effort into the infrastructure, but because they want to save the sell for later. Say so eventually that homeowner is going to want to sell the home. So I'll manage it for three years because I know I'm going to get the sell later. So we don't do that. I don't do Jack and Jill home buyer. You know, if my best friend came up to me and said, "Hey, can you help me sell my home?" I'd say, "Probably not." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I certainly wouldn't help you buy a home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but well, you mean you don't want to do open houses and uh, take buyers out on a uh, large extravagant. Uh, 
shopping sprees where they go out and look at every single property that's listed on the MLS right now. You don't want to do that? Sure, when I when I have time in my life free again <laughs> and I don't care about my family, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's always the tough thing is balancing, uh, you know, work and, and personal home and everything like that. I that's get right. It. So, I mean, our focus, the only kind of real estate sales and, and buying that we ever engage in is investment properties of the buy and hold nature. Sure. So, certainly we have clients who are always looking to add to their portfolio. We have clients who are looking to divest from part of their portfolio. Uh, so we're really good at that. One of the challenges is for investors anywhere in the country mm-hmm. is that the sales guy and the person selling the home on an investment property, often they're really massaging. Is that a polite word? Massaging the word. That, that, that's a nice way to put it. Massaging the numbers to make a property look more profitable on a buy and hold, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a single family or a large <laughs> multifamily. And one of the things that I've seen in, in thousands of properties uh, that we've managed and tens of thousands that have looked at is that most of the numbers are completely made up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the reality is, is that the sales guys don't do property management on a daily basis. They really have no idea what the real rents are. They don't understand the cost of vacancy. And if they place a tenant in the property, they don't really have to deal with the consequences. So they really have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're bad people. Um, but, uh, you know, and they do, they do a great job for what they do, just not that area. Right. Of course. Yeah. And I've had lots of experience with real estate agents over the years and, you know, there are definitely small stars out there, but I think real estate generally kind of follows that 80, 20 rule where 80% of the business is done by 20% of the people in it, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not to say that every real estate agent is completely incompetent or anything like that, but they're, uh, you know, there've there've been there've been a lot of people that have come into real estate that clearly don't know what they're doing, and in some cases, I I feel that they're partly to blame sometimes for undue appreciation of the market. You know, where people are, you know, pushing these higher sale prices and these higher rent prices and things like that. And sometimes I think that can actually negatively affect our industry. Um, but you know, for the time being, anyway, that seems to be wrangled fairly well. I mean, it's not as bad as I've seen it. In the past, you know, especially prior to the you know the crash in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, there you know, the stuff happening prior to that was uh, very exciting for all this, you know, all the the terrible things people were doing. I mean, I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff people were getting away with. I don't want to get into it too much, but because uh, it doesn't really focus on property management. But I'm, you know, I, I've never really thought of it from a property manager's perspective of like all the different things that people do to to uh, boost up rental prices. So what are some of the things people can kind of look out for if you're going to like rent a piece of property? Like, what should a tenant be looking for? So, you know, the, the advice here is actually the same advice I give to landlords on how not to make a bad investment mm-hmm. out of their investment property is the resources. And again, you know, I got back into this. Uh, you know, we had, my wife and I bought our first rental property, uh, 07, uh, somewhere around there, 08. Um, great time. Yeah, great, great, great time. Terrible buy, time. Yeah, terrible. Great it was time terrible time. Yeah. We actually, uh, <laughs> you know, it, I'll go back and give a, a warning to uh, investors about that story later. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, the technology really, really has transformed the industry. You know, sales had it. They had, you know, when the MLS became digital, everybody was blown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but the. You know, the tenant side of things really lied behind, but now tenants have so many resources. We market a rental property uh, on 70, 80 different websites. Yeah. Uh, you got to cast that big net, and these websites let them really drill down into all the nitty gritty of the property. And they look at, a tenant will look at the life cycle of a tenant uh, in that process is a lot shorter than for a buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll look at 200 properties. Uh, in the course of a couple of nights, they'll make a list of 30 of them. They'll drive by those properties all in one day. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll call you right from the front door and say, I want to view this home. And if you say, well, let, I'll be there in an hour, they're gone. So, yeah. Um, and so you've got to place digital locks on all the doors that you can unlock from your desk, right? Digital locks. You've got to <laughs> monitor it. There's all sorts of things here and, and screen processes. But from the tenant side, what we see is that the tenants are much more picky because they can be. Back in the day... It wasn't common to say, oh, I'm not going to do anything to that property. It's just a rental property. Well, the the statistics, the NARPM, the National Association of uh, Property Managers, 
uh, real property managers, the, uh, they put out statistics on these all the time. And what we see is that the Southern California has the second highest amount of renters uh, per capita than the rest of the entire country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the average demographic, you know, we used to look at renters as people who they rented because they couldn't buy, right? I mean, why, why rent when you could buy? Sure, they're in transition. But now it's not that way. Uh, the vast majority of renters are probably going to rent for their lifetimes. If they buy a property, it's going to be an investment property to rent out to someone else. Yeah. Uh, and they want to stay four, five, six, seven years in the rental property. They have kids. They have stable jobs, more stable than many home buyers had many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have good prospects. And uh, so what happens is that for the recommendation for renters is that, hey, you don't have to settle for being in the slum. And one of the things that renters look for and renters should look for is quality. Because what we find is that we, I try to be selective in the clients that we work with. We're, we are very picking that. And if I get a, a client who still has the, oh, they're just a renter mindset, well, occasionally we'll still work with them under certain conditions, but sometimes they're fighting. And they say, well, I'm not going to patch that up. I'm not going to do that. And they can't understand why this property that used to rent so well 10 years ago is, yeah. still won't rent today. And, uh, you know, vacancy is a big cost. That's a big cost that should be avoided. So renters have been burned over and over. Uh, the Internet is, is a favorite place for all the people who have been burned. And they say, you know, look, I don't want your promises that you'll paint this room. I don't want your promises that you'll be out in time for me to move in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it vacant. I want to see it rent ready because promises are cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, and so for renters – the advice is generally be picky. You have the options. The tools are out there. True. And uh, But, you know, on the flip side, be prepared to pay more rent. Well, of course, yeah. I know I saw one on your website today. One of the uh, one of the properties that are currently available for rent on your site had like a checkerboard uh, living room, black and white checkerboard in front of the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's a good example. That one, actually, we are talking about that on the way here. That's the, uh, the older lady who I'm doing a... Uh, as close to a pro bono as I'll ever get. Yeah. Um, sad situation. You know, husband passed away a few months ago and been married for you know almost sixty years. Uh, and you know, a lot of people are taking advantage of her. So I said, look, I'll I'll take it in. And honestly, nine out of ten conversations is counseling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, she doesn't have the money. But you know, we we had to explain to her that you know, look, it's you don't you're tired of people skipping and having all these bad tenants. But this is kind of what's going to happen here. So it's sat vacant for we average about six days to place a tenant. This property, we're probably about three weeks. We would have had it rented a week ago, but she got really sick in the hospital and she was in the hospital. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that checkerboard kind of pattern. It looks even worse in person. Yeah, uh, I know that tile. That's that. That's that VCT uh, like stick down tiles. <laughs> that, that's right. In fact, <laughs> as a case in point of of how picky tenants are, uh, we get. We send out automated surveys to everybody who views any of our properties because we're always tracking what's happening. Yeah. And I've had five different people go through, and we've had, you know, like 50 or 60. Sure. But five of them specifically said, what is wrong with the flooring? There are five different types of flooring in this yeah. house. Uh, yeah, I'll have re- the fake parquet-looking VCT stuff in there, too. That's right. <laughs> uh, they'll say, I will rent it if you either drop the price $400 or if you replace the flooring to be consistent. Yeah. Of course, you can't do this, so we work with it. But absolutely, as a as an investment property owner, if you're going to invest in an investment property, don't think that it's not going to matter to tenants because it matters. Yeah. Do you think she would ever consider, rather than owning it and renting it out, do you think she would ever consider selling it with a carry back? And instead of getting rental income, she'll actually get like a uh, mortgage income, essentially? And then that would allow somebody... You know, else like, could like basically, who? you know, I, I, I might know a guy, I might, might know, know at least one guy out there uh, that would, you know, then use a little bit, spend some money to fix the property up, put in carpet where carpet should be, things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, you think she'd ever be interested in something like that? Absolutely. In fact, we're, we're pushing her to that. Uh, I, I think right now it's just so close. The, the difficulty is, and you've seen these situations too, I, I know Todd is that. Yeah. She raised her family in this house, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's her dream thing. So she's not ready to, even on paper, let it go to anyone else. I know. We proposed master leases. We proposed, uh, you know, sell a carry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reverse mortgage even. But 
we think probably in about a year she'll be ready. Yeah, I'll that's sentimental. for that. Oh, hey, great. <laughs> I love those phone calls. Yeah, we've. Yeah, it, I mean, the sentimental attachment people get to homes. I, I mean, we've dealt with that so many times. And I know a lot of times here, we just walked a property not that long ago in Pasadena where uh, there's like five children and it's you know they it's it's being managed by the oldest brother and they're all sentimental about this house and this house was like not just the party house for them but for the entire extended family that they all moved from Italy it was like a huge deal and like you know they they wanted to make sure that we as because we were going to buy it renovate it and resell it that was our intent we let them know that but they wanted us they wanted to like be a part of the rehab process and like really make sure we were like honoring the home and honoring their parents and this and that and it's like you know yeah, like, we're not going to, like, tear the home apart like we have no care for it. But, you know, like, maybe you guys aren't ready to sell is kind of what we kind of got to with them. Where we're like, I don't think you're really ready to sell this property. Like, because we're going to tear this home apart. Like, there's a lot that we need to do to make it something that a normal person's going to want to buy. I mean, this is a home right. that had been added on to for 50, 60 years. And it's got all these weird things going on with it to a normal buyer that's looking to buy and move their home, their, their new family into a new home. You know, they're going to look at this place and say, what's with the Rialto bridge replica in the middle of the, I don't know what you'd call that. The mezzanine level. I don't know. This, <laughs> this property was interesting. Uh, it's probably one of the more interesting properties we ever walked, wow. <laughs> and, but yeah, but then on top of that, we had the family, that just couldn't seem to let go of the property. So we're like, okay, I don't think you guys are ready for this. Here's our offer, but we're not that married to it, just so you know. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, the, and you see that all the time in rental times. So the accident, accidental landlords, people who, you know, they raise their family there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have several properties, and, and it, it's like pulling teeth. And they think, the problem is, is that they, they can't step back. Many of them, now many of them do successfully step back and look at it as, hey, this is now an investment. Sure. But some of them, they just can't let go. Sometimes that's why they're not even selling because they can't let go. Yeah. And you walk into, for instance, we have this uh, client, great client, uh, but his house, he raises kids there. And the bathroom shower tile is about eight different colors. <laughs> um, Seen that. <laughs> and he... <laughs> You know, and it's hard to break it to them sometimes because when we walk into that bathroom, he starts expounding on how amazing this is and all the meaning to it. And you and you know you're going to tell him you got to rip that out. Yeah. And we, we ended up renting it out without ripping it out. It was harder to rent out. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in that position, if anyone listening is in that position, that's okay. If you want to keep the sentimental things, that's okay. Sure. But be reasonable about the the returns and how that's going to affect vacancy. You know, you were talking about you know what a, a modern family wants to move into. Absolutely. I mean, we deal in probabilities. Right. Yeah, I can't guarantee if you do these things that you'll get a renter. But I can say the probability of having a five-week vacancy versus a one-week vacancy goes up dramatically if you don't do certain things. Yeah. So, you know, people – the worst is murals. People paint – Oh, these yeah. murals on I their know. kid's room that say, you cannot paint over that. Are you planning on moving back in? No, but it meant so much to my daughter. Yeah. Well, what if the people that want to move in don't have a daughter? You know? Like, right. I, I don't think he's going to really like having a pink room with butterflies everywhere. I'm sorry. You know? Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, look, some guys like princesses. I, that's, that's fine. fine. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but who knows? They may not. Right. You know, <laughs> Tenants usually have the rights to paint interior. That's, you know, mm-hmm. at least I would give them the ability to. You don't always let them do that? Actually, it depend on the owner. I So, yes, I the the way it works is that in the lease, you should always say tenant cannot do any change to the property without getting written permission. Sure. And all that is is to make sure that they're not doing the ha- you know, doing it uh, themselves and doing it looking crappy. Yeah. You know, you, they put money in and it's fine. So, yes, I encourage most owners to say, "Hey, as long as they're not trying to paint it like black or something, I'm okay." Yeah. So I'm okay with it because I guess in my mind, and this is sort of the Dave Tilney model of property management, which is uh, get your tenant to move in, make it their own because they'll stay longer because they're more comfortable in it. So, you know, I would encourage them to make it their own in any way they see fit, as long as they're not like tearing out walls and, you know, completely replacing everything in the property. So Dave Tilney and I disagree on this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing, and I'll say this about Dave Tilney. Lots of good advice. Lots of experience, but when I say the industry has changed in the last decade because of technology, it has really changed. Unfortunately, one of those changes 
is the amount of tenant rights websites mm -hmm. and groups that their whole goal is to screw you as a landlord right. and say, you know what, you're the nameless corporate person, you own a property, uh, let's see how much we can get away with. Unfortunately, uh, if you just say, hey, you have carte blanche, I probably just matched carte blanche. Carte blanche. <laughs> Uh, carte blanche to uh, do whatever you want, then they will do whatever they want. It can turn a disaster. I'm a big believer, statistically, it, we've seen that over thousands of properties, that if you are very strict on the lease, but you put in a clause there but say, that says, but ask me, essentially. Yeah. I mean, legal speak, but ask me. Sure. Uh, and if I put it in writing, then fine. And then if it's uh, something that's a material change, you say, okay, you can paint this room. It's going to cost me three hundred dollars to paint it back if you don't uh, if you don't do it. So give me an extra three hundred dollars security deposit. You can paint the room. That's fine. I'm going to inspect it. It has to be done by these standards, mm -hmm. uh, and then you're okay. Uh, but unfortunately, if they do whatever they want, especially with the rise of HGTV and all these other things, <laughs> they get these crazy ideas. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're going to have wallpaper everywhere. And I hate wallpaper. Most people do. <laughs> and, uh, we talked about this last week, actually. Uh, yeah. Let's so, talk about wallpaper. 80% <laughs> of people hate wallpaper. The other 20% hate your wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the general rule. That, that's absolutely true. And, and anyone with a rental property, please get rid of your wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah try try patching that. You can't patch wallpaper. It's, no, it's wallpaper is tough. You, know, you have to try to get it off the best you can, but you never get all the sticky stuff off. You know, you end up like we uh, actually in our offices. We just renovated. Them, you just saw um, there was wallpaper on those walls, and yeah, we had to take the wallpaper off, and then we had to skim coat the walls uh, <laughs> to make them smooth again, then retexture them because otherwise there's still residue left over from the wallpaper. And that stuff is yeah, it's bulletproof in some cases, which is good if you like wallpaper and you want to stay. It's gonna stay <laughs> if you do it right. Well, yeah, yeah. Though it just goes back to, and, and people say, well, that's not very stylish. or thing. Look. Your goal is to rent it out, yeah. appeal to the broadest appeal. I, I'm very, I'm very generic. All of our walls, when we're repainting, mm -hmm. they're all sandcastle. It's a Dun Edwards. It's all sandcastle. Yeah. Eggshell sheen. By the way, don't ever do flat paint. Please right. don't ever put flat paint in a rental. Yeah. Uh, eggshell sheen. It's durable, but not too glossy. And still, -gloss. still fairly washable. Still fairly washable. It doesn't suck up the oils from all the kids who put their hands on the wall. Right. Uh, you know, semi-gloss in the wet areas. I just. You know, I, I have – if I put, have to put in carpet, I use a uh, – a, it's called a sparkled brown, and it hides dirt well. And yeah. You know, you, you keep it durable. You keep it simple, and it appeals to most people, whereas right. the pink room is going to appeal <laughs> yeah. to a far, far With the distressed audience. wood accent wall and all that. You know. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't go that, oh, yeah. You don't go that far out. No, no, no. Yeah, it's uh, only we, only when I have a client who's, who's not being very good. <laughs> or if you're renting stuff up in the Beverly Hills area, you know, you need to... You know, you got to appeal to a different tenant over there. But I'm sure you, most of the people, the most of the tenants you're dealing with are here in the Inland Empire yep. and are more or less working class people. They just want to have a nice place to live and have a, you know raise their family. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. like saying the demographic now is uh, you know more people now than ever say that they plan to rent for you know the next decade, not because they have to, but because they want to. And, you know, it's 
working class here. It's blue collar, white collar. I mean, probably about 40% of my tenants make 150 to 250,000 a year. Wow. And uh, so it's not a matter of money. It's, no. But they're picky, right? I mean, well, yeah, when you get into that that income bracket, you have the right to be picky. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You do. But even the people in the lower income brackets, they're they're just as picky, uh, just as demanding. You know, here's the thing: if they're not picky and demanding, they may not be your best tenant to begin with because yeah. they obviously don't care about a lot of things, including your property. Yeah, actually, some of my favorite tenants I had over the years were the ones that were vocal, and when something went wrong, they'd tell me immediately, as opposed to the people that would just sort of let it go. You know, uh, because the ones that let it go they don't do anything about it and then you come in when you're doing their final walkout <laughs> and you're like what happened here <laughs> you know and they're like oh yeah that thing broke years ago and you know this cabinet drawer fell out and you're like what how come you never called and said anything you know and I, it was funny because people would tell me like that i didn't want to bother you you're always so busy it's like oh, <laughs> but this, it's my property like i care about the property like call me if something breaks like i don't want it broken and getting worse properties you know? are cheap properties are cheap it's fine yeah properties are so <laughs> cheap like yeah i'll just go buy another one right yeah <laughs> yeah they were i don't know i like tenants but you know anyway well you got you got to set up again I, i'm really big on contracts and strictness and uh of course disclosure disclosure and, and so there's certain things that you you can do to limit tenant damage right of course. i mean tenant, da- tenant damage can be expensive like i get clients who come to me and they've been renting out the properties for years all by themselves and mm-hmm. they say oh so you know i just spent six thousand on it you know two years ago and i think i'm gonna spend another five thousand this time and four years ago you know short tenancies right i spent like twelve thousand and they didn't treat it right well first off are you doing inspections, real mm-hmm. inspections with photos? Do the tenants know you're going to do doing inspections in writing? We check on the property. I mean, any property manager for anyone anywhere in the country, maybe. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, here's what you should look for in a property manager. And this isn't me selling myself. This, there's lots of great companies that do this. But there's lots of companies that say they do and don't. So you need to look online, mm-hmm. talk to a few people. You should always ask to talk to a couple of the current clients. Um, they should be doing random drive-bys where the tenants know what happens, they just don't know when. Yeah. And if, you know, the grass is overgrown or there's a bunch of extra vehicles or, you know, the blinds are broken, that should be cost to immediately enter the or give a twenty four hour notice because you do have to give a twenty four hour notice to enter the property because, you know, every two months if they're willing to let the world see something crappy, what's happening on the inside? Right. Uh, and then we put clauses in where if we fix a leaky faucet in the kitchen, we do an inspection of the entire home. Mm-hmm. And then we also do a photo document inspection and the great thing, again, this is the tools. Photo document inspections used to be very rare. They still are rare. Uh, but now most of the good managers have software that's already bundled into it. They can do it. And it's room by room. They're checklists. And you're checking off, like, kitchen floor, kitchen cabinets. You take photos. And so you do all that, and you find that tenants, you know, they uh, when they know that someone's going to be checking on them, they treat it really well. And and it's not – some people say, aren't you afraid that they're going to uh, not feel at home, as you're saying, you know, they make it their own. As long as you're respectful to them, you don't call them up for anything if you don't need to. Yeah, they're completely okay. They, you know, and and really you sell it to them. And this should be the attitude of the property manager. It's not just a check-in on them. We legitimately care about the tenants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our fiduciary duty is to the client, uh, but to the tenants, we don't want them to live in a crap condition. And unfortunately, a lot of them have lived in crap conditions, and they they're afraid to say anything. They're afraid to be penalized if they report a leaking toilet or something like that. We just want to know because we don't want the problem to get out of hand. Sure. And so when you go in and and if you're self-managing, do the same thing. By the way, self-managers can absolutely do the, do this. Check in on the property. Say, hey, I just want to check to see if there's anything I can do to make it a little better for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that preserves the property value for the owner, which owners love, and that keeps the tenants in there for for a very long time. And you mentioned overgrown lawns, and uh, I wish that were always my problem. I wish there was always more grass there <laughs> than what I gave them in the beginning, because there was always less. <laughs> I would come to, to a brown lawn or no lawn, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So, so I will say this: the one area I am, I strongly believe that every landlord should be unabashedly strict in is intended damages or negligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of times we hear things where. Uh, we take over a property and, and or things like that, and the situation is that the tenant. First off, we asked the tenant when the last time they saw the property manager was. Oh, when they rented it to me four years ago. Right. Great. Uh, that explains why we're going to have to take out all the carpet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing is that 
when a blind is broken and the tenant says, hey, we broke this, you don't just say, okay, well, that you're going to have to replace that before you move out five years from now. Right. You say, okay, you have seven days to fix it. Send me a photo. Otherwise, we're going to send our guys in and fix it. Because what happens is if you let these things get out, out of hand, Todd, is that mm-hmm. they snowball. Oh, yeah. And, you know, hmm. once tenants understand that you're going to be checking, you care, well, they start caring. And they live in a nicer place. And people, studies have shown, the nicer and cleaner your place is, the better, the more careful you are going to be in the future. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nice, it's not a vicious cycle. It's a, it's a happy cycle. So let me ask you this, because I get asked a lot. I'm going to put it on you this time. Uh, what is considered normal wear and tear? <laughs> Whatever the local judge on the docket <laughs> says that day. <laughs> no, yeah. the uh, normal wear and tear uh, is typically defined as chips of paint missing, uh, minor damage to walls uh, and floors, so worn out areas, uh, stains in front of the of the couch that you know the oil stains that that develop there, mm-hmm. um, you know a, a nail hole or two. Uh, can be, but there's a workaround on that. So that's really normal wear and tear. You know, sometimes it's like, well, it's I wore it out, so that's that's how it is. But you know, yeah, the in an area where the carpet gets worn out, it can tear. But if the carpet is good, other than that tear in the carpet, then no, that's damage that the tenant caused. Yeah, uh, and you can charge them for that. Uh, a good example of this is nail holes. So we are very. It sounds may sound silly to some people, but again, I've done so many that nail holes is a big deal. Number one advice I give to investors on the simplest thing they can do to give them the best shot long term is to, when they rent out the home for the very first time, make sure there are no nail holes in the wall. And what's happened is Mm -hmm. that there's been different cases where if you as a landlord leave two nail holes on your wall and the tenant adds three, and you say, well, geez, that's like an increase of, of you know, 100% increase, over 100% <laughs> increase of nail holes, and it looks more noticeable. Well, the judge would, would typically look at that, and most people would say, well, but there are already nail holes. What's the difference, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you start with no nail holes and the tenant leaves a single nail hole, well, now they've materially changed that, that wall. There's a whole free home. <laughs> It's a whole free hole at home, absolutely. And so you patch it up, and then you can charge them for every nail hole when they move out. And that way, when, 10 years from now, whether if you have five tenants, if you're consistent on that, mm-hmm. then the condition you have your home in when the very first tenant moved in is going to be the same condition, if not better, than when, when uh, your tenant moves out 10 years from now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so is there usually a time frame that goes along with that, too? Like if a tenant is only there for six months... And there's paint chips in the walls. There's the oil thing along the the couch uh, back and all that stuff. Uh, six months, that, that seems a little short to me anyway to have those kinds of things already happening to the home. Uh, you know, like the obvious trails that have made it through the home. Like, you know, you know the paths. They're like a darker yeah. color of the carpet. And you're like, okay, that's their walking path. They must have had a coffee table there. <laughs> you know, I know we've had that. So, what? like, obviously, what would be a normal time period? And does the normal wear and tear things sort of change over the years. So if they've been in there for five years versus one year. There is, and this is where it gets tricky with some of those tenant rights websites. So the I, I deal with this one regularly, unfortunately, is <laughs> that um, the, the way it works is that if you have to replace it, so mm-hmm. if you have to clean it, you have to clean it, right? That's just part of what the tenant has to pay for it and move out anyways. And by the way, you should always have your carpets cleaned, house detailed, not cleaned by the homeowner. Don't clean it yourself. Get a professional out <laughs> yeah. there with a receipt because then you can require that of the tenant. And that's the key, right, to this is that whatever you did when the, before the first tenant moved in is what the, the tenant has to do when they moved out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure it's all looking good. And then, yeah, I mean, if they have stains in there, then you can charge extra for the stain removal. Uh, in some cases, if they put a bleach spot or something like that, or they, you know, they tried to clean it with bleach. Yeah, if only. <laughs> that, that, I wish they tried to clean it every yeah, time. <laughs> you, you think that, but those bleach marks are worse than the red marks. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you could have the carpet uh, re-dyed. Uh, we do that uh, as a nice in-between solution. Uh, and, yeah, you can absolutely bill the tenant for that, even if they've only been there for six months, because yeah. it's an expense that you wouldn't have had otherwise. But there does come a point where, let's say the tenant's been there for, for five years. Yeah. And you had put... Spills are going to happen. Like, you're going to spill something. It's just inevitable. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, funny enough, spills often aren't considered under normal wear and tear. Yeah, uh, that's what's so, weird. And I know spills come up a lot because it, you know, damages the color of the carpet. So this is why it comes up a lot. 
Yeah, you, for most bills, you can charge them for mm-hmm. uh, because that normal wear and tear typically just means things that happen as you're walking. So you move something, and of course, on the corner of the wall, you know where the two walls meet at a 90-degree angle, there's going to be pieces of paint missing. Of course, on the stairwell, pieces of paint are going to be missing. Kids go up and down. That happens. Right. Uh, a fist-sized hole in a wall doesn't just happen, even <laughs> if it does. I, I legitimately did have someone who, and I know them personally, so I, I believe them completely on this, they... Fell, started falling down the stairs and they put their hole through the wall. <laughs> so that was an accident. Yep. They weren't doing anything unusual, but they still have to pay for it. Yeah. So spills fall into that same category. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so those people out there that uh, are spilling their you know their juice or their red wine or whatever <laughs> their spaghetti sauce on the carpet out there. <laughs> that, that's right. No, it's it does not fall under normal wear and tear. I've tried to tell people this. They they believe it is. Yeah, and, and so there's a there's a particularly one website that's popular in California. I'm not going to name it because I don't want to give it more publicity. Yeah, but it it tries to give a summary of tenant rights. Yeah, uh, and it, it does so in a fairly neutral way. It's not a bad website, uh, but one of the things it does, which has been frustrating, is it says things like, well, you know, if the carpet would normally last seven years and they had it for four years before you moved in and you lived there for a year and they had to replace it, then you owe two years of carpet or something like that would be a normal estimation. But there's no law that says that. Right. And so tenants come up with their own crazy things. One of the most common is painting. They say, well, you have to repaint every time people move out anyways, even if they've only been there for a year. Like, no, paint should last for a long, long time. Right. So, yeah, you know, they'll try to come up with all things. They'll threaten us. I mean... I, I think I've had a bad day in the office if someone hasn't threatened me in some way or yeah. said I'm going to hell or something like that. Right. But, yeah. Well, it happens. <laughs> right. Um, so, the uh, you know, actually, I haven't even really mentioned anything yet. I want to talk about the club for a sec. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, you come, you've come to the Inland Empire Real Estate Investment Club. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're the biggest club in, in, well, biggest club in the Inland Empire for sure, but we're like one of the five largest ones in California now. So, yeah. Uh, very, uh, very exciting for those of you people out there that are looking to get into real estate investing. Before you go to any one of those expensive seminars that teach you how to be a real estate investor, uh, come out to our club. We meet at the Mission Inn uh, once a month at uh, 6.30 p.m. is when we start, and that's on the fourth Wednesday. This month will be, uh, it's actually next Wednesday. It's coming right up. Yeah, coming up. So next Wednesday is, of course, for those of you that are looking at your calendar right now and want to write this down, it's going to be May 24th. Uh, 6.30 p.m. at the Mission Inn in Riverside. Uh, we get together and talk about real estate investing, network, have some education. We usually have a very engaging speaker uh, that we interview on stage. Not a speaker. I shouldn't say that. We never have speakers, but we do have people that are local investors, just like Matt here, and we talk about uh, real estate investing in whatever area their expertise is in. So a lot of times it's flippers, uh, but we have other people that do other things in real estate. Uh, we actually have a guy that's going to be, uh, I'm not supposed to mention it, but, you know, nobody's going to tell on me. So uh, I think we're going to have a guy that does buy and hold this month, actually. Ah, so all right. Um, it actually ties in nicely here. Uh, but he's he's a buy and hold guy that does it very untraditionally. He doesn't just buy the home with a mortgage and then rent it out or buy it with cash. He's a very different guy. He uses a lot of seller financing. So those are people that are out there that want to get a very creative look at how to become a landlord in California. Uh, come check out our meeting this week or next week. It's going to be a good time. We also do some other uh, events every month. We do a happy hour where we get together at a local bar, restaurant, and just sort of network. It's free. Just come on by, meet us, meet other people, other investors, bring some business cards, have a have a drink or have some food, whatever you want to do, whatever fits your fancy, I guess. And uh, uh, we're going to be doing that at a place called W. Wolfskill in downtown Riverside. Uh, that'll be on June 9th. So come on out and check that one out. It starts at uh, 5 o'clock, goes to about 8. Uh, we'll also be doing a Saturday morning coffee. Normally we'll be doing that the Saturday before our main meeting, which would be this uh, this Saturday, which we, we're not doing it this Saturday. We're doing it the following Saturday. So we'll be doing it on Saturday, May 27th at Lift Coffee in Riverside. Uh, that's going to start at 8 in the morning and go until about 10 or 11 o'clock, depending. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Depending on whenever, uh, whenever the conversation just gets so boring, I got to go. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, we usually hang out there for a little bit. So, um, and oh, I'm forgetting cash flow. Cash flow game. We play cash flow. This is a board game created by Robert Kiyosaki. And Matt was there last week, uh, last yeah. or this month anyway. We do that always on the first Wednesday at the Barn Grill Company in Yukaipa, uh, which is a very, very nice little restaurant there. That will be at 6 o'clock at the Bar and Grill Company in Yukaipa. Come play Cash Flow. It is like, um, it's kind of like Monopoly. You know, it's a game created by Robert Kiyosaki uh, for learning how to invest in real estate using creative financing and all kinds of great stuff, working together with people, creating partnerships. A lot of fun. It's kind of like a real estate seminar in a box, I guess. <laughs> but uh, all those are free. The only one we charge for is the main meeting at the Mission Inn. We charge 20 bucks because... They don't let us in for free at the Mission Inn. I wish they did, but they don't. So um, for those of you that want to uh, foot the minimal cost of $20 to come meet local investors, uh, come check us out. And if you need more information, you can always go up on meetup.com and look up the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club. Uh, so with that said, we'll get back to our talk with Matt Tandy here about property management. And I want to talk to you about the investment side. Sure. Because we're kind of talking about tenant side, tenant management, stuff like that. But I wanted to jump in with you about buying rental property because this is something a lot of people want to do. And you own you own some rentals. You mentioned you own one with your wife. Uh, we have, yeah. I I sold when I started uh, for Matic. I sold everything. Okay. To, to focus on this, but I'll probably start again in another year or two. Yeah. Personally, so I, I have done it. I have lots of experience in mm-hmm. uh, in helping others too. I have good stories, bad stories. Been there. So. Uh, if you're looking to buy new property next year, okay, so me in my own mind, I'm you know, I'm thinking traditionally, when I'm gonna buy a rental property, most people would assume you're buying it with either cash or some kind of a retirement account, or you're buying it with partner money, or you're buying it with a standard mortgage, something like that. I think a lot of people think of it in that respect. Is that how is that kind of the method you're looking to employ to buy property or how are you looking to do it? You know, I am I'm an open-minded guy on that, just like you are when it comes to making any other kind of real estate deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever makes the numbers work mm-hmm. in a low-risk way. I mean, here's the thing. You shouldn't be investing in a buy-and-hold real estate in a rental property that has a high risk value to it. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose is to be a stable passive income well into the future. Now, that doesn't always mean that it's cash flowing from month one. Right. I mean, I would take a deal where, you know, if the market's going up, I'd take a deal where I'm losing $100 a month if I know that in five years I could sell it for an extra 150000 or I know the rents in those areas are going up $100 a year because I know it'll cash flow, you know, for my lifetime. Sure. Uh, so I would call that speculative. Well, so here's the thing. Well... Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the speculative part. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this table's not very stable. For those of you wondering what that noise is, it's because we uh, adjusted ourselves and knocked the table a little bit. <laughs> That's right. The, uh, we'll talk about the speculative part in a minute here. But the reality is, is that financing can be done in many ways, just like anything else. You could do a master lease. If you have no money to buy a rental property, a mm-hmm. master lease is a way to do it. Uh, I think actually Tony is the one. Who Dave Tony is one of the guys. Yeah, loves those. Um, it's harder to get that to happen these days, but there's still good national lease options out there. Sure. Uh, you know, but yeah, the traditional is that you do twenty percent, thirty percent down, and uh, you finance it as long as it's cash flowing. And it really doesn't matter how much your mortgage is, right? As long as it's going to cash flow every month. Right. As long as you can make it up if you don't have a tenant living in there, because sometimes you do have to afford those vacancy periods where. 
you're not earning any income That's <laughs> from right. the property. Yeah, and, and certainly I see people getting into it who aren't calculating realistically everything. And, and uh, Oh, sure. You, you should absolutely, <laughs> on a rental property, be very conservative in all of your numbers. And yeah. then if it gets better, then, you know, great. You have an unplanned for a trip to uh, Cancun or something. Yeah, go somewhere nice. Um <laughs> What are uh, so some of the numbers that you're considering when you're buying a rental property? And I know I could spout off some things you should always consider. Um, what are some things like like okay? So you're a property manager, and I I mean I know the cost of a property manager. I mean that's something that a lot of people don't include in there because they they think they're going to self run the property, <laughs> uh, which to me is kind of a bad idea if you don't do this already professionally. If you're not already in real estate, managing your own property could be a really bad idea. <laughs> In my opinion, uh, so for those people out there that need to get into a property manager, what are they looking to cut? What are they looking to spend on a on a property manager? Well, so property managers have a wide array of different levels of service and fees. So, uh, a lot of people managers who are just kind of on the side, they stick with the standard ten percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who have volume, such as us, we can offer discounts. So we usually do uh, six point nine percent ourselves. Uh, then there's uh, a premium service that you can add on. We and this is our thing. We like to be honest about this. Most people don't need the premium service. It's really for just nervous Nellies, first-time landlords sure. uh, who need us to call them every month to let them know their house hasn't burned down. <laughs> uh, but then there's also I call them the discount managers. Uh, they will do it for dirt cheap. They're not going to inspect your home usually. They're not going to do those things, but they'll collect the rent. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, the, hopefully, and do the accounting. <laughs> but you know they'll they'll kind of put in whoever. And the reality is, is that's not a bad category if you have something in a bad neighborhood. I'm not going to manage those areas, so someone has to. Yeah. And they can create value that that you couldn't yourself. So yes, you should absolutely calculate that in. Now, I do say, Todd, that if you've never invested in buy and hold real estate ever, mm-hmm. your very first investment property should be something simple like a single family home. Sure. Don't go buy like an eightplex. <laughs> uh, just buy a single family home, even if it's not going to pencil very amazingly. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe manage it yourself, or at least the turnover part for a couple months. Get a feel for it. This is the same advice for flippers. You know, mm-hmm. go and at least on your first job, see what how they do some things, uh, because you know, eventually, yeah, I, I tell this is my clients too. Eventually, they'll be investing in an area where I'm not, and uh, I don't want them to get shafted. Yeah, and they don't call it like a multiplex for no reason. It's because they're complex. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a complex. They're complex. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's assume I had a whole bunch of cash I wanted to throw at you to buy property. And you have the option. You can either buy 100 single-family residences or you can buy a 100-unit apartment complex. What would you buy? It's a tough is that, one. Is that a trick question? It's not a tough <laughs> one. It's, it's not a trick question. It's a, it's a question I like to ask people because it really gives me an idea of what type of stuff they like to deal with. So really it depends on where those 100 homes are and where that apartment is and what the – I mean really cap rates and ROI, not cap rates. ROI matters more than a cap rate. Yeah. Uh, ROI, of course, for, for those who don't know the difference, cap rate is if there wasn't a mortgage or other things, ROI includes all the you know all the money in on that. Uh, so, you know, ROI is going to matter. The nice thing about an apartment complex is the risk is spread out. Uh, but is it like a tax credit apartment complex? Is it? There's all sorts <laughs> of variances. Is it, it? One thing I've evaluated over 100 uh, large multifamily complexes uh, in the last decade, uh, and we're talking 50-page evaluations, and every single one, the numbers were completely made up by the seller. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were hiding things. I mean, it's the the amount of fraud really is what it is that goes on and unreported is just massive so you know if you do your due diligence the hunter complex can be great uh, if it's in a good area and it has high occupancies and it can uh, has good rate up i personally like single family homes and small multifamily because there's a i feel that having a larger geographic area as long as you have a manager mm-hmm. uh is is nice because if one area goes down so for instance when San Bernardino went bankrupt, if you had an apartment complex in San Bernardino, yeah, uh, how was that for for those apartment complex owners? Um, Not great. There's a lot of uh, property in downtown River, uh, downtown uh, San Bernardino that is uh, that's completely vacant. Yeah. Office buildings, all kinds of stuff. But if you had a hundred properties and fifteen of them were in San Bernardino, but then you had others in Riverside and you had others in uh, Diamond Bar. Well, you know, you wrote out those little micro uh, economic uh, problems mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. So 
Now, on it, the real answer is that you'd see if you could buy 50 homes and then a 50-plex. So that, that's the real answer. I like to diversify real estate just like anyone else. Sure. Yeah, and so I, I, uh, I like to ask that question just because it's, you know, kind of gives you an idea of where people are, too, I think, because... Like those multiplexes sound great on paper. Like they, you know, it sounds like everything, all your problems are in one spot. Like you know there's an issue there, but the thing is, problems can be created in one spot too. I know of, uh, in one case, there was a gang that moved into oh. an apartment complex. Actually, I think it was a 92 unit apartment complex. Is that where my wife and I moved when he first got married? Because that's what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a gang had moved in and they were running drugs and prostitution through this place. And it's like, okay, now they're not paying rent and you have like, kind of a thuggy like gang that's like now and there the property managers vacated they left yeah. you know like this it became a real problem for the owner and they didn't know what to do about it and like law enforcement wasn't helping and it was just you know it was a nightmare for them but what are you supposed to do uh so they uh you know if they had property spread out the idea of a gang moving in all their properties at once would be very unlikely so yeah. uh but you could also have 10 homes that need a uh, a roof that you just found out in the first winter storm, you know, right. or like in the first summer heat, you get, you know, people first that First rain in nine months, something like that might happen here. It's Yeah, exactly, the first rain in nine months. Well, we kind of had some rain the other day. Uh, uh, but, you know, now that the heat's going to be coming back, there's going to be a lot of people with, like, air conditioning problems, which you're not actually required to maintain an air conditioning in California. You're not required to provide cooling. So... So here's how that works, and this is a, another tricky part, is the answer, to, or the, the real answer to that is yes and no. So any material part of the home that was functional or was a believed, you know, the impression was given as functional when the tenant moved in, you must maintain. So if the dishwasher goes out, you can't tell the tenant, well, I, I don't use the dishwasher. Yeah. You can't, you know, because the dishwasher, for all you know, may have been one of the factors they were looking for. Certainly cooling, mm -hmm. the cooling goes out. Now, in a place like Southern California. <laughs> right. Now, if there was no air conditioner there to begin with, or you put in marketing that, hey, the air conditioner is non-functional, we're not going to repair it, you have no obligation to put it in there. Yeah. I saw a case where this happened um, where everybody assumed that there was air conditioning in the home. There was a forced air unit in the home. There was vents and everything like that. Uh, there was, but, the, but the thing is, they didn't look completely into it. It was not an air conditioning system. It was a central heating system. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and there was no cooling, and this was an issue that came up on a property in Lake Elsinore. Uh, it was kind of funny, you know, because, and I saw the property myself. It, you know, I actually thought it had air conditioning, central air conditioning, too, because when you see the four steering unit. You just assume. Who yeah, wouldn't? Like, yeah, I, I didn't assume that there was no coil anywhere. And, and you know, I never looked t to see if there was a compressor outside. There wasn't, or a condenser, I mean. There was no condenser. Uh, we found that out later, but, you know, central heat. In a home was, you know, but that's what was provided, and therefore that's and that's all that's actually required to be provided, right? Is central heat, or heat of some kind? Yeah. And the, so different municipalities have their own rules, so you need to check that region, uh, city by city. Mm -hmm. uh, but statewide, yes, I believe it's just the heat. Yeah. So they uh, and obviously if the heat goes out, it's got to get fixed. Yeah. Um, which you know, whatever. It's not a big deal right now. Nobody's caring about the heat too much anymore. I hope not. Anyway. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, that's the break. So if you're looking to become a real estate investor uh, and you want to buy some rental property, people should definitely reach out to Matt Tandy over from Matic Property Management in Riverside. Uh, you want to give a phone number or, any, or, a, or a website or anything like that? Sure. You know, the uh, corporate line here, which often I'm the one answering, is 951-394-0030. Uh, again, that's 951-394-0030. Our website is formatic, F-O-R-M-A-T-I-C-P-M, like property, property manager, management, <laughs> dot, dot com. So formaticpm.com, we have a great website. It's very informational. Uh, our fees are right on there. Now, if you're an investor or if you mention this radio show, we'll give you a discount. Hey. Uh, just don't spread it too far. <laughs> uh, although Todd wants to spread Yeah, the spread news, it to as many people as you want. Don't spread that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the reality is something for everybody. If you're looking to buy investment property, a service that I offer for free, because I do believe in giving back to the community, yeah. uh, is that if you send me a couple properties, send it to me email, uh, or give me a call, I will run some real comps on it, and that way you know what the real numbers are, the real vacancy rates are in that area, uh, and... No charge for that. You know, I'll, I'll do about. I have one person who sends me about twenty or thirty a month. Wow! And uh, <laughs> I don't even manage for them. <laughs> oh man! 
the uh, you know the uh, but they haven't bought a property either. So yeah, we're happy to do that and help out and make sure you don't get into a bad deal. Well, awesome, Matt. I really appreciate you coming out. And uh, for those of you that want to meet Matt too personally, he's going to be at the next Real Estate Investment Club meeting because it is the place to meet all these real estate investors and uh, people of that sort. Uh, And and for those of you that didn't catch it earlier, come check out the Inland Empire Real Estate Investment Club. We meet at the Mission Inn every month on the fourth Wednesday. That is coming up. It'll be next Wednesday, which is May 24th. And uh, we start at 6.30 kick off the whole thing around seven and everything will be a lot of fun you'll meet a lot of great people and uh learn a lot hopefully so appreciate you all tuning in to the flip-flop investor show and we look forward to seeing you all again next week uh thursday 4 p.m and have a great week everyone take care KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.